a man in his 50s sits behind his desk in his office. He is a physician. He works at a major research institution, which means he spends a lot more time in his office than he does seeing patients. It is an ordinary day, which is to say that he is busy. He has two other physicians in his office. They are looking over cases to determine which ones they will accept and which ones will need to find treatment somewhere else. The decisions themselves aren't usually that difficult, but each of them represents a significant decision, a supreme decision for the individuals and the families that they represent. So those in the office take their time and they give it their best attention. In the middle of their tedious work, there is a rather sharp knock at the door, which catches everyone off guard. Come in, the man whose office it was calls out, but the door remains shut. Just as the doctor calls again, come in, louder this time, there's another knock at the door, sharper than the first. The men in the office look at each other, puzzled. Before anyone can do anything, there is a third knock at the door, louder still, which seems to escalate the tension and the frustration in the room exponentially. The person whose office it is rises from his desk and begins to head towards the door as yet another louder knock still pounds on the door. As the doctor approaches the door, he is wondering what happened to his assistant who was supposed to be sure that they were not interrupted. And as he grabs the door and pulls open the handle, he looks and sees something familiar but utterly confusing. For a split second, the doctor doesn't really know what is happening. Standing in front of him is a young man in a military uniform, and he can't quite put the pieces together. The fear and the frustration the anger have evaporated, but the heart and the mind can't quite seem to know what emotions are supposed to take their place. It is all happening so quickly. But by the time the doctor takes in his first breath, he can see that it is his son, his son who had been in Afghanistan for two years, who had stopped by the hospital to surprise his father before he went home. The father can't even say a word. All he can do is wrap his arms around his boy. Years of worry pour forth as tears of relief. The man's knees buckle. His torso shakes as he sobs uncontrollably. The colleagues in the office recognizing that there was no work to be done in this moment offer a congratulatory pat on the back as they walk down the hall, but the man doesn't stop even for a minute to acknowledge their gesture. I'm a sucker for military reunion videos. <laughs> I'm a sucker for them. I see them on the news. I see them on uh, Facebook. I get emails about them. I can't not watch them. They pull me in. The hospital nurse whose daughter comes home from South Korea, the cafeteria worker whose son scoots around in the kitchen with a bouquet of flowers, 
the middle school teacher who leads her class into the pep rally, having no idea that the whole school is assembled to celebrate with her, her loved one's return. I can't look away, and I can't help but sob. As I wrote those words down in the draft of the sermon, I'm sitting there weeping. My family doesn't know what's wrong. They don't know what's going on. I'm captivated by them, and I bet you are too. What is it about those moments that grab us? What is it about that surprise, that beautiful, overwhelming surprise that catches us, that holds us, that makes it impossible for us to see anything other than the miracle that is standing right in front of us? We see them on YouTube. We see them on the news. But when was the last time we felt that sense of overwhelming miraculous surprise in our own lives. One night, a long, long time ago, some men went to work out in a field where they worked every night. It was cold, it was dark, it was a boring job. Hardly anything ever happened. The hardest part was staying awake, but not this night. This night, the darkness splits apart. The angel of the Lord stands before them. The glory of God wraps around them, and they were terrified. And the angel says to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great tidings. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. It was a surprise too marvelous to be believed. None of it made sense. God's Savior, born in the city of the ancestral king of Israel, and the miracle is revealed in a field to some shepherds? They lost their breath. Luke tells us they feared a great fear. So amazed were they in that moment. Surely that message was meant for someone else, someone more important, someone who had connections, a priest or a prophet, or maybe even a prince or a governor. But God found them, these shepherds who were doing a job that nobody else really wanted to do, out in a field amidst the sheep. God found them and told them that message. What sort of miracle must it be that God would meet those shepherds out in a field, that they would be the ones to hear this good news? What sort of miracle? The kind of miracle that doesn't belong in a palace. The kind of surprising moment that can't be contained in a hospital or even in an inn where there was no room. This miracle belongs in a manger, in a rough hewn feeding trough. This will be a sign for you, the angel says. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. The confirmation was as absurd as the event itself. And yet here it was, breaking through, meeting these poor lowly shepherds. 
before the shepherds had time to think about what it was they had seen or heard, suddenly there appeared next to the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, more angels than anyone could count, and all of them were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth among those whom God favors. And when the angels had gone into heaven, the shepherds looked at one another and said, let us go now and see this thing that has taken place. If we are going to hear the message of the angel, we too must be as surprised as the shepherds. If we will comprehend what it is that God does this night, we must be overwhelmed, consumed by the confusing miracle. The astonishing truth of Christmas is that in order to save us, God becomes a child. In order to protect us, God becomes vulnerable. In order to give us riches, God becomes a humble carpenter's baby. The truth of Christmas, the truth of God's work in the world, always finds those who least expect it. Because in every generation, God's work is to love those who never expected that love to find them. Those who believe in the possibility of surprise. Those who imagine things that are unimaginable, those are the ones who see where God is to be seen. Do we see it? God is doing something wonderful, something amazing, something miraculous. Tonight of all nights, we can see that God is changing the course of human history. God is turning darkness into light, transforming fear into faith, foreboding into confidence. God's love comes to those who see it not where it is expected by the world, but where God is to be found, in those quiet, humble places. The miracle is manifest to those who look for the truth not in the headlines of the day, but in the stories of the friends and family they love. The truth belongs in the hearts and minds of those who refuse to let the narrative of this noisy world supplant the narrative of God's beautiful, quiet work within it. Allow yourselves again to be filled with wonder. Let the surprise of what this night represents wash over you again. Be as astounded as the shepherds. Be as amazed as little children. Hold on to the possibility of hope with every ounce of strength you have. Believe that God can and will bring surprises to even the darkest parts of our lives because that is where God is to be found. That is the miracle of this night, the message of the angel, the testimony of the shepherds. And all God asks is that we would come and see Come and see, behold this thing which God has done. Stare in wonder, be amazed. Let the love of God take your breath away. 
In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.